Welcome to Smart Talk. I'm Scott Lamar. Property taxes have been called Pennsylvania's most unpopular tax for decades. But several governors, hundreds of legislators, think tanks, and taxpayers have been unable to come up with revenue-generating alternatives to satisfy school districts and counties for the, what something they could agree on. What everyone could agree on, I should say. One of the basics of property taxes and what a property owner pays the value of the property. In other words, what the property is assessed at. Lancaster County property owners just received their preliminary reassessment notices, but there are some counties where properties haven't been reassessed or fully reassessed in almost 50 years. Joining us on today's program is Republican State Senator John Eichelberger, who represents Blair and parts of Cumberland, Franklin, Fulton, and Huntington counties. Senator Eichelberger, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Also joining us is Phil Klotz, Executive Director of the Local Government Commission, Danette McGee, Research Associate for the Local Government Commission, Deborah Crawford is the, with the Assessors Association of Pennsylvania. Welcome to the program. If you have a question or comment, like to join us, give us a call, 1-800-729-7532. Send an email to smarttalk at witf.org. Senator Eichelberger, I'll start with you. There was a report er out earlier this year that called Pennsylvania's property reassessment system the least regulated and most adequated in the country. Now, you are chair of the state's reassessment reform task force. What needs to change? And I know you could spend an hour answering that question, so I'll ask in, in general terms, what needs to change? Well, we, what we're, look, we're looking, the task force, what the task force is looking at is a couple different components of this. Um, certainly the assessment was that, um, that the counties, as, as so people understand, the counties perform, county governments, the county commissioners perform the uh, reassessment. Actually, they contract to, re, to uh, have the reassessment done in their counties. But they have to abide by state law. So it's up to the legislature to look at the laws and, and see what we're doing um, that, that we can, we can uh, Im- improve upon what we have. As you said, it's been a long time since our laws have really had a thorough review, and they've been updated. Um, the laws themselves are, are one part of the issue, how often we do it, um, and, and then the execution of that is another. And there are issues with how the, uh, uh, the the people that do the work, if the, the training for them, to, and and uh, how things are viewed. One of the things we do, it, one of the things in our constitution in Pennsylvania, is uniformity. Our taxation must be uniform across Pennsylvania. And as we know, with uh, with uh, real estate uh, taxes, that the um, the assessed values are somewhat subjective, and we're trying to to formulate a. a a way to, to make sure that that uh, the, the decisions are made as uniformly as possible across the state. Part of that's with training, part of that's with certification for the, for the companies, part of it's a procurement process the counties go through. All those things that we need to do in state law to make sure that there's a uniform process, as uniform as can be, across the Commonwealth. Senator, your reform commission, actually, or uh, the task force, I should say, uh, it took like eight years to come up with uh, recommendations. Uh, It seems as though everything takes a long time when it comes to reassessment. Why eight years? Well, uh, there's been attempts, there's been looks at this. I don't know that it's taken us eight years. We just started the task force a couple of months ago. And we have a lot of work done already in a, in a two-month period. We figured we would do this for probably 
about six months and then um, develop legislation and start to introduce um, the legislation to, to, to make changes to the system. So there, there was a report done prior to this by another agency of state government, and uh, we're, we're using that. Uh, that's, that's part of the information that we're reviewing uh, that's very helpful to us. They did a nice job. And um, in other, I mean, we have a lot of folks involved with the task force, so we have the, the appropriate stakeholders involved to make sure that um, we can see how it really works on the ground. Well, as I said, I, I should have pointed out that it wasn't just uh, your task force that has taken eight years, but there has been. Phil Klotz, who is uh, the executive director of the Local Government Commission, your commission has been involved with this from the very beginning, too, maybe in those eight years. So let me addre- address this question to you. As uh, Senator Eichelberger mentioned, there seems to be no uniformity, that that's one of the biggest complaints about this. I mean, Franklin County, for example, has not had a full blown reassessment since 1961. There are several other county, uh, counties that have not been reassessed since 1969 or 72. Now, those counties have had a lot of changes since then, obviously. Now, we'll address how property values are assessed without a full-blown reassessment, but let's start with um, no set time in between reassessments. I know that there was an international uh, commission that uh, recommended six years in between reassessments, but how did we get to this point where there are some counties like Lancaster that just had one, and if I recall, they had another reassessment about 10 years ago, uh, but Franklin County hasn't had one since 1961? I think the issue in Pennsylvania is that in the counties are so, are so diverse, and so you might have a Forest County or a Potter County uh, that is very rural. Maybe property values don't change up there. Uh, a whole lot. Then you get down to Montgomery County or even a, a part of a county where property values change quite a bit over a period of time. And so maybe to require a reassessment every so many years uh, may work well for some counties, but not all counties. One thing that uh, came out of the report that Senator Reichelberger was talking about is a self-evaluation tool that, and right now the Essential Association of Pennsylvania is working on developing that. And once that's developed and tested, that can be used by counties to determine their need to do a countywide, a countywide reassessment and also their readiness to do a reassessment. Whether they have the resources, uh, an adequate database, that kind of thing to do the reassessment. And that might be a much more cost-effective way of doing it rather than spending millions of dollars on doing a countywide reassessment. They use a self-evaluation tool, which would cost a lot less to determine their readiness and also their need to do it by looking at various indicators. You just hit on one of uh, the biggest challenges that counties face when uh, it is time for reassessment, and that is the cost. Give me a ballpark figure. Obviously, it probably changes from uh, it probably changes from uh, county to county depending on the size and the population of the of the county. But uh, generally, what does a reassessment cost, and what is that money spent on for a reassessment? And this is Danette, by the way. The report uh, that came out in 2009 from the Legislative Budget and Finance Committee suggested that the average cost per parcel is roughly $50. Now, that obviously will change depending on the size of your county. 
Mm-hmm. So fifty dollars per parcel, average, average, uh, depending on the size of your county. So mm-hmm. you can see that, uh, especially a populated county mm-hmm. like a Montgomery, for example, uh, like a Lancaster, like an Allegheny, that it would get very, very expensive. How is that money spent? When you say fifty dollars on average per parcel, what does that money go to? Deb, can you address that since your county went through that recently? You're in Tioga County, right, Deb? Mm-hmm. That's right, Tioga County, very rural. Mm-hmm. Um, the $50 usually involves uh, visitation of each property, measuring each building on that property, um, evaluating the sales in that area to come up with a value. Um, depending on the county, some counties do a complete turnkey operation where a company would come in and do all that for them. Other smaller counties may do some of that work themselves. That's what we did in a, in a re- reassessment that we had. Our people did the visiting of the properties to save money. But a larger county that hasn't had a reassessment for a number of years, that wouldn't work f- well for them. Mm-hmm. So, Senator, with that in mind, uh, with cost being an issue, and you're certainly aware of that, I mean, there is kind of a disincentive for, it's funny, because a, a chicken or an egg, we, I'm sure counties would uh, want to have the most updated tax information that they can have, but at the same time, if it's going to cost them millions and millions of dollars, uh, there's almost a disincentive for them to, to go out and do it. Is there any solution to that? Well, if we, if we require it, using the, the tools to, to do the evaluation, then they'll be forced to do it. But you're right, there's a big disincentive. And the other thing that happens is the longer you go without a reassessment, uh, the more disparity there is. And then when you do it, there's a lot of people that have a large um, change in their tax uh, assessed value. So some will go down and some will go up. But if your taxes are going to go up a lot, you're going to be very angry about that. So oftentimes you'll see county commissioners not be reelected where they do a reassessment if it's if it's been a long period of time. Mm. So, Senator, I know you're on the road, and I'm going to let you go here in, in just a minute. So uh, you talked about uh, some of the recommendations and uh, that some would take legislative action. What happens next in the legislature with this? Well, the uh, Local Government Commission will produce the legislation. Uh, we, we sponsor legislation uh, throughout the session uh, on, on local government issues. So it'll be one of our bills, or multiple bills coming from our uh, commission, and we'll put them out and, and get start them through the process. We have, we have a lot of success with our bills because of the, the bipartisan nature of the Local Government Commission. It's a bicameral, bipartisan commission and uh, we have a good staff we work through the bills very diligently and we'll put them through the process and we usually um, um, usually get them signed into law so uh, I would say that we'll, we'll be working very soon here on legislation probably within the next 30 days let me ask you this you, you use the word bipartisan and I'm sure that there are many people out there listening who are glad to hear that uh, here's an issue where there is bipartisan support uh, is there anyone who opposes this I mean this would seem to be like a no-brainer since it's bringing Pennsylvania up to date um, we're not aware at this point that I'm not of, of people that would oppose but we don't have all the legislation formulated yet so there may be some people that don't like something, but we have the stakeholders involved, and as long as the counties, the assessors' organization, those folks are saying 
look, uh, we agree to these changes. Um, they would be the ones probably that would be the, the, the opponents if we were doing something that they didn't think was appropriate or too expensive or something that um, they didn't think they could handle for one reason or another. But, um, uh, of course, the, the people that do the work, they may not like everything we do because we're going to probably have a little more rigorous uh, process for them. Um, it might weed out some of the if, if there are bad actors out there some of them probably won't get work any longer um, but I, I think the legislators will view that with a grain of salt if we hear complaints from somebody that maybe it doesn't want to increase the professional standards involved with uh, with their work you know Senator I've heard that one of the reasons that uh, this hasn't been a priority in the past is because usually taxpayers property owners for the most part don't pay attention until they are reassessed or they're looking to sell their home I mean so there would seem to be not a whole lot of voter pressure or anything like that on the legislature uh, will it become a priority well I, I tell you what we do see in the legislature the counties that have gone through reassessment that have not done it for decades, uh, there's a lot of anger in those counties from people. The whole process, we're looking at the appeal process, we're looking at everything that, that's done, and, and there's a lot of anger from those, those residents. So uh, I hear that from legislators that represent these counties. In Blair County, for example, we were the oldest county in the state to not have a reassessment up until this past year. That was 1958. Wow. So that was the oldest. Now Franklin, I believe, is the oldest at 1961. Bedford County was 1957, and they just did theirs a few years ago. But in those counties, um, they're, they're, uh, people were very upset when their property values go up multiple times what, what, they, what they were. Uh, farmland changes dramatically. There's a lot of things that change. And, and those people want to get something done. And then they, they go to their legislators, and they say, why don't you fix this? So I think we'll have support. Indiana County uh, had gone through it a little while ago for the first time in many years. There's a lot of counties like that sprinkled throughout the Commonwealth that have gone through these long-term issues, and those people want to get something done. So I think we'll have a lot of support from a lot of those folks, and hopefully we won't have much opposition from anybody. So I think we're on a good... Um, a good uh, pathway here to getting something done. Senator, one final question. Uh, I mean, this is all part of the whole property tax issue. We know that there has been a push in the last few years about trying to, if not eliminate property taxes, at least uh, not have as much reliance on property taxes. Uh, if that occurs, what does this do with reassessments? Well, the bills that we've had in the legislature, most prominently House Bill and Senate Bill 76, uh, those are the ones that are discussed. Those would eliminate school property taxes only. So we would always, I mean, there's nothing proposed county. that yeah. I'm aware of that would that would do anything to county or municipal property taxes. So we would still have a need for that. And in fact, even with the, those bills, if they would be passed, there would still be property taxes for the schools that would have uh, loans until their debts are paid. So there would still be a millage in place. For, for debt mileage for the schools for a period, until their loans are paid. So that could be up to about 20 years for some of the long-term bonds. So we would still have it even for that. So we, we still aren't getting away from property taxes uh, altogether. Mm. Uh, Senator John Eichelberger, thank you very much for being with us today. You bet. Thank you. Thanks for having mm. the program. I uh, hope it helps a lot of folks uh, 
that are listening today. Thanks. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. Welcome back to Smart Talk. We're talking about property tax reassessments. Yes, I know this is one of those issues that a lot of people don't think about until I I mentioned to Senator Eichelberger. uh, When you're selling your house or uh, your property has been reassessed. But don't worry, folks, it's coming. So uh, if you have a question or comment about property tax reassessments, give us a call. 1-800-729-7532 is the number to call. Our email address is smarttalk at WITF. You can leave a question or a comment on WITF's Facebook page. Also on Twitter, we are at SmartTalkWITF. Again, that phone number, 1-800-729-7532. Our guest today, Phil Klotz, Executive Director of the Local Government Commission. Danette McGee is Research Associate for the Local Government Commission. Deb Crawford is with the Assessors Association of Pennsylvania. She's the Vice President. 1-800-729-7532. I wanted to talk with Senator Eichelberger right up front about uh, what we're looking at on a statewide basis. Now let's get into some of the nuts and bolts of, of this. But one of the main questions that I had was, you know, when I, I looked at a map, county by county map, and saw the last time that uh, every Pennsylvania, all 67 counties, had their last full-blown reassessment, and I looked down, I saw Franklin County, 1961, I'm thinking, there's no way that those property values haven't been, you know, changed since 61 if a property existed at that time. So, uh, Danette, you were just telling me how that happens. I mean, obviously, there has to be some information reported to the county on the value of these properties. Right. The assessment laws provide two types of countywide reassessments. One is where you physically go out and you you look at each property, you hire an assessment firm, and you do that full-blown reassessment. Another way that you can update values without doing that is changing what's called the county predetermined ratio. And not to get too technical. No, you're going to have to explain that. Okay. Not to get too technical, but basically that ratio is the ratio of assessed value to market value. You take that ratio and you multiply that times the market value that's being used in your base year. So in the instance for Franklin County, uh, their base year before 2001 would have been in the 1960, what did they say, 61? 61, 61, yeah. What they did in, or any county, not just Franklin County, but what they can do to, to up date that is change their ratio and by doing that they can actually bump up property values by applying that ratio. Okay and a lot of these questions I'm going to ask are very basic but uh, when I want you to walk me through the process when uh, there well not the process of how a a property is assessed the value is assessed but the process of uh, obviously since 1961 since 1969 even since 2000 there, you know, we live in an area here in central Pennsylvania is one of the fastest growing areas of the state. Uh, there have been a lot of homes that have been uh, built during that time, uh, a lot of businesses that have, uh, you know, located their businesses here. So when a new property comes online, how do you go about that? Well, we're required to uh, make... This is debt, by the way. Uh, I'm sorry. No, that's all right. We are required to maintain our base year values. So when someone builds a new home, say in 2016, um, if the base year for that county is 2001, we are required to value that 
new home as if it was built in 2001, which becomes very difficult over time. Yeah, how do you do if that? If you didn't have a similar type property like that in 2001, um, it, you really have to do some work to analyze what value you're going to put on that property. It does put a lot on the assessors to maintain those base year values. i got to tell you, Deb, sitting here and listening to that, I'm thinking to myself, boy, that's strange. <laughs> that is really odd. I mean, how do you... Obviously, a lot has happened, not just physically to the counties, but in our economy, I mean, in 2008, we had a, a recession that took property values down a whole lot. Now, in many cases, they, well, we know most cases they've increased, but maybe not back to the point where they were in 2008. So how do you do that? It, it's difficult. Now, if a property um, owner were to appeal their property to the Board of Assessment, uh, the Board of Assessment would have to determine today's market value and then apply what we call the common level ratio, which is put out to us from the, what's now DCED, which used to be the State Tax Equalization Board. And what we do is re, we report our all our sales every month to that entity, and then they give us a number that they believe the ratio, the assessment to sales ratio is, and the commissioners in a board or the board of assessment can use that ratio and apply it to the current market value to come up with um, an assessed value based on the base year. The assessors are not allowed to use that common level ratio to arrive at that value. Well, this is complicated. <laughs> <laughs> it, and now I, I think I know why a lot of times, unless uh, someone's assessed property value has gone up, they usually don't question it. Is it difficult, uh, Phil, to explain this to... Uh, I mean, it sounds like it's difficult to explain to even the, your co-workers, let alone... <laughs> no, you guys know your stuff. You're, I'm wondering about your math skills. You better be pretty good at, at that. But uh, it, it sounds like something that would be a challenge for property owners to understand. Uh, I think it really is, and unless you understand the terminology and how it's applied, um, uh, it it really is uh, hard to get your head around. And then to top it off, you're talking about a tax and millage, and what does what does millage mean? Uh, and it might be helpful to give an example. Yeah, why don't we do okay. that? Okay. Uh, and for example, if uh, the uh, current uh, market value or base year value of property is $100,000, uh, and the county's predetermined ratio is 40% of that, uh, the assessed market to market value, or the assessed value to market value, then the assessed value is $40,000, or 40% of $100,000. And then you take that $40,000 assessed value, and then you multiply that times your millage. And the millage is actually one one thousandth of the assessed value, and so if uh, the uh, the property owner has to pay real estate uh, taxes, for example, uh, if it's um, ten mills uh, to the to to the township, uh, then it would have to be uh, ten one thousandths times uh, forty thousand dollars or four hundred dollars, uh, and that's how it works. 
Okay. Well, I don't know if everyone wrote that down. But <laughs> okay. We, we, we have to re-record this program, so you can listen to it back to get that. Thomas uh, sent us an email and says, In our neighborhood, 40 homes, 22-bedroom and 23-bedroom homes. I questioned the value. I was told that they take in the value of the whole municipality, not just by neighborhood. I was also told it was done without visiting the property. It was dre- generated by a computer, not by real investigating. Uh, and he does live in Lancaster County. Uh, Deb, you want to tackle that one? Um, I don't know what Lancaster County is doing. Some counties have um, started using GIS. Which uh, is? The mapping, uh, the new flyover maps that they fly over the county and they take images of that county. And some of them use those images to look and see if there's been changes to the property over the years um, instead of visiting each property. Um, I don't know what Lancaster County is doing at this time. Uh, I, I find it hard to believe that they didn't visit th- all those properties, but if the taxpayer is saying that, then um, I suppose now you are sp- you are speaking like a real government employee <laughs> when you say the taxpayer says that. It must be true. <laughs> <laughs> we have heard um, from other counties. Uh, that was one of the complaints, though, that they were running these values through the models and they weren't doing enough uh, human follow-up. And thus all the appeals uh, took place because of that. Mm-hmm. So, But something that uh, Thomas did bring up, uh, he said that uh, he was told that a lot of it was based on, now he said municipality, but I know that neighborhoods, where your home is located, does have an impact. Talk about that if you would. Right, and a neighborhood isn't just a zip code. Yeah. A neighborhood is, and Deb can speak to this obviously better than I can, but it, it's based on similar properties. And for instance, in Dauphin County, we have a community called Forest Hills, yes, and, it, and it's been it developed over the years. Mm-hmm. Well, you actually could have, you know, three or four neighborhoods by definition in Forest Hills based on when those properties were constructed. Mm-hmm. But if you had a more rural township, where there were very few sales in that township, then they may consider that entire municipality one neighborhood by itself mm-hmm. and not break it up into smaller neighborhoods. So is there the possibility that, uh, you know, say the neighbors have not sold their homes, they've been there for a while, right. uh, they haven't made a whole lot of improvements or things like that, uh, that that could have an impact on my property, even if I have made a lot of improvements? It's based on the sales, and if you don't have many sales in that area, then you have to go further out into the into the county to get sales from similar types of townships. So um, your value is is based on what the market is doing, how properties are selling that are similar to your property. So not necessarily, when I say make improvements, that really doesn't have a whole lot to play into it unless I've added like a room or something like that? Well... But when you're doing a reassessment, you're starting as if all that stuff has already been there and and they're determining the value based on it already existing. Yeah, I think I'm probably thinking more along a real estate line that, uh, you know, when I'm I'm looking to sell my home, I'm thinking, oh, I added this, I have a new roof here, uh, you know, driveways, new, new deck, all those things. And so I can get more for my home than what I paid for it or, you know, it's, it's worth a little bit more. Am I thinking correctly here? 
Well, because of you're you're thinking about sales price, and sales price from for an assessment purpose is not necessarily the value of your property. Remember, Senator Eichelberger mentioned that Pennsylvania's constitution requires that we have uniformity in our taxation. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean two properties have identical, you know, market values or sales values. It's talking about the ratio of assessed value and a market value that has to be uniform. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's take some phone calls. Gwen is in Adams County. Gwen, you're on the air. Um, Excuse me, I'm driving in Harrisburg, but I just wanted to say I went through an assessment in Adams County. um, 2010, the housing market blew up, and we're getting... I got an assessment for my property for about 239000 I paid $74,000 for it in 1991, and some improvements have been made, but my point is, I, I know somebody, the person who drove by my house to do the assessment, he was a contractor, a friend of, of mine, and that's what they did. They didn't take into account the quality of my home at the time. It needed a lot of work. They didn't take into account the fact that I have a natural gas pipeline, transmission line going through my property. And it says it's 6.11 acres, but they, you know, four of those are not usable because of being on a hill and rock and pipeline. So, so I just your question is what one? Consideration, and I'm really, I was... I did get it appealed. I did get it down about $45,000. I was grateful for that, but it was such a shock. And then to have the housing market fall, they just didn't take into account that they should have redone it, you know? Yeah. Hey, Gwen, Gwen, thank you very much for your call. Right. Now, she brought up, and I'm not going to do each individual case, but I thought that, uh, you know, hers could be representative of, uh, you know, some others that we've had out there. Now, she said, no, there are a couple issues that she brought up. She said, contractor drove by the house. Okay, is that considered an assessment? Um, a lot of contracting companies do that. I prefer when we, when we have a reassessment that each building, that the property is actually visited and that each building is measured, and uh, that the assessor takes a look at the land, anything that may affect the value of that land. In her case, she said that there's a couple acres that aren't usable. You need to take that into consideration when you're valuing the property. So I I do know that there are some contractors that do drive-bys. That is not my preferred method. My preferred method is boots on the ground and measure each building. Okay, when you say not your preferred method, I'm sure you have people working with you in Tioga County. Do you say, yeah, I'm sure you don't say this is my preferred method, this is what you're going to this do. This is what you, my staff knows, this is what you're going to do. When you visit a property for a building permit, you're going to review the entire property to make sure the measurements are correct on all the buildings, make sure we have all the buildings assessed that should be assessed, and if there's any buildings that are missing, you need to remove those from the assessment. I require a tape on two sides of the building, unless it's a complicated building, then I would require uh, more measurement. Um, There are cases, uh, we have a lot of farm buildings Mm -hmm. that they can't access that building, so they they do their best estimate of the size of that building. Uh, Assessments based on square foot rate, 
So you need to have your square, square foots correct. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, something that you just mentioned, and you would know this firsthand from being in Tioga County. She mentioned natural gas pipeline mm-hmm. going through her uh, her property. Uh, now, this is a totally separate show. We've talked many times about uh, pipelines. In fact, just did it last week. But what generally impact do those pipelines have on property values? We have not seen an impact at this point. In other words, we haven't analyzed any sales of properties because our base year is 2001. Uh, we can't didn't happen then. Can't yeah. go out and and make changes because of that. We have not analyzed how that has impacted the property value. Um, we have properties that have well sites on them as well. We have active wells um, in Tioga County. We were very busy with um, gas exploration in Tioga County. It's slacked off. We still have a little bit going on, but um, we cannot make changes to the entire property because of that. We we have to be very careful what we do. But there has to have been, well, I shouldn't say that. I, maybe I'm going too far out on a, on a branch here or limb, uh, but there, I would think that there would be some counties where natural gas exploration is taking place that have had reassessments in Pennsylvania. Do you, are you aware of what that has done to their uh, property taxes, or excuse me, to their reassessments? I am not personally aware. Okay. I have heard things, but personally, no. Yeah, it's one of those things that the property owners are very concerned about, obviously. We're going to talk more about uh, some of the nuts and bolts in just a moment. You're listening to Smart, Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. We're talking about property reassessments for tax purposes. There's been some uh, recommendations for changes uh, being made, but uh, Pennsylvania is kind of behind the eight ball as it it has been for the last uh, few years. As you heard, Franklin County hasn't had a full-blown reassessment since 1961. Lancaster County just had a reassessment. If you have a question or comment, give us a call, 1-800-729-7532. Send an email to smarttalk at witf.org. You can leave a question or comment on WITF's Facebook page. Also on Twitter, we are at SmartTalkWITF. 1-800-729-7532. Our guest today, Deborah Crawford, Assessors Association of Pennsylvania's Vice President. Danette McGee, Research Associate for the Local Government Commission. And Phil Klotz is the Executive Director of the Local Government Commission. 1-800-729-7532. Let's take some more phone calls. Bob is in Enola. Bob, you're on the air. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I just had a, a comment, property tax, you know, being property tax. The assessed value, why is there such a disconnect between the assessed value and the market value? It would seem that if I was running the show, as in my armchair, um, <laughs> that it would be very simple to explain to the public, hey, this is the value of a house because that's what it's sold at, so this is the tax for it, Some, you know, same as a sales tax. Until the, the, the property is sold again, and then the tax can be reassessed at that point based on, you know, did the value go up or down? Um, that would be very clear to explain. And second, I wouldn't have to spend millions of dollars to have a contractor company to go out and do something. I understand from a county perspective, it gives someone, you know, something to, it gives them someone to blame if something goes wrong. Hey, we didn't do anything. We, you know, we third partied this out. Um, I, I just, I, I don't understand why there is a disconnect. Why right, is there so much, you know, 
effort being put into this when it doesn't have to be that much effort. Bob, thank you very much for your call. So, Phil, I'm going to put that one to you. Uh, what he describes sounds very simple. Why not just base a property's value on what it, uh, what it would market for uh, on, if it was for sale? Well, th the first thing is that when a property is sold, if the property t were, be were to be uh, reassessed when it's sold for that value, uh, that is what uh, the courts look at as a spot reassessment, uh, which is not permitted in Pennsylvania because of the uniformity clause in our Constitution uh, and, and also in the United States Constitution as well. Um, and so that's a, that's, that's the, we're sort of hamstringed with that provision in our Constitution. Um, and uh, with regard to the uh, assessed value versus the market value, uh, on the year of reassessment, uh, it could be that the assessed value and the market value uh, are the same in that year. But as, as we discussed before, as, thing, as, as, as the, uh, the market changes uh, in between reassessments, uh, that can cause a disparity uh, between the assessed value and the market value. But the, you know what's ironic, and, and I'll come back to you, Danette, but uh, <clears throat> what's ironic, uh, you used the word uniformity, uniformity clause in uh, Pennsylvania's Constitution and the U.S. Constitution, but yet we, we started off by talking about a lack of uniformity in how this is all applied. Uh, that's a that's a good point, and I try to make good points. No, no, I, I appreciate that. So, <laughs> no, but that's a good point. And I, I know, for example, other states, uh, um, their constitution is written a little bit differently, uh, where they can assess a portion of a county as opposed to a whole county. So, if the uh, uh, if property values change a lot in the eastern part of the county, but the western part of the county is pretty stagnant, uh, they can do an assessment just in the eastern part of the county. And so uh, those kinds of things help to save uh, counties and taxpayers money. And those are the kinds of things that we're looking into with the task force as well. Okay. So, Dan, what do you want to say? There, yeah, that basically what your constituent was describing would be referred to as an acquisition value change that is as a property sells um, it's reassessed that's its new value California does that um, California's had a lot of budget issues California always does yeah. it first yeah you know. <laughs> well but they've had a lot of budget issues as a result right. of it right again the uniformity clause means and our it our constitution is not that different from other surrounding states it's just that our courts, since 1909, have said that in Pennsylvania, real estate is one class. So in other states, they can value differently, for instance, commercial property versus residential property. That's not the case in Pennsylvania. We're uniform, as in, we're one class, and our ratio of assessed value to market value has to be uniform. Quick question. Do you, uh, and it just reminded me of this as we're talking about commercial properties, for uh, properties that are tax exempt, like churches, schools, mm -hmm. like that, do you reassess those as well? They're supposed to be accounted for. Um, it, right. They would be assessed just like the rest of the county. You need to have a proper value on the exempt properties. Okay. But they are exempt from paying property taxes. They are so, exempt. But it's a good idea to know how much those properties are Well, they're are required by law. Okay. We're required. Yeah. And also, recently, we've seen a lot of churches sell 
So, so it would be a good idea to have a good value well, on those properties. Before we take more phone calls, I have a couple more uh, people on hold have some some good questions. One of the main things I wanted to get out during the program, and Debo, put this to you. You've touched on this, but I asked Annette about walking me through the process with a new home. Walk me through the process. You've said that you take measurements, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. but. When you have someone go out, as you said, in person and look at a property, what are they looking for and what are the big determinants that they have for assessing the value of a property? They're looking for quality of construction. Um, we have different levels of quality of construction. We grade them. Uh, we use an alphanumeric grading system. In other words, a very nice home would be an A plus maybe 30, 40, depending on how what the quality of construction is. We look for um, the condition of the property. Um, maybe it hasn't had the maintenance it's needed over the years, so that would be taken into the uh, value consideration. And, and then my, my assessors are all certified Pennsylvania evaluators, so they would come back to the office with the information, uh, look at the rates, for our base year and they would determine a value on that property. One of the recommendations from the task force was that certified assessors only be used. Uh, are there counties where there are assessors, like the guy who drove by the house, that does not sound like a certified, uh, but maybe he is. Some of the contracting um, companies, reassessment companies, use what they call a field lister. Uh, they they just go out and measure the property and bring back the characteristics of the property and then it would have to be a certified Pennsylvania evaluator that would put a value on that property. All right, let's take some more phone calls. Robert is in Lebanon. Robert, you're on the air. Great, thanks for taking my call. Yes, you're welcome. Uh, I realize that the uh, ad valorem uh, taxation is the base year, uh, but I have a hypothetical for you. Uh, so we pick out um, uh, hypothetical, say, uh, 2010 and you, you build a home and the infrastructure's changed, say you have a, a Walmart and a Target, and uh, now you're applying, say, a new home at a rate of a B-plus-10. What happens to the homes that uh, in a declining neighborhood that may have been a B or a B-plus-10 grade, and now, uh, hypothetically, they're now down to a C or a C-minus-10? Are, are you uh, uh, reassessing those uh, based on sale value, or do you have to just uh, simply follow through with, an appeal in, in the September. Uh, all right, thank you for your call. Robert sounds like he knows what he's talking about. He lost me. Well, the, the grade of the property shouldn't change. The grade is the quality of construction. So, so that shouldn't change. Uh, the value could change based on the sales in that area. Uh, maybe the Walmart and some of those larger stores have impacted the residential value of the property and the sales would show that. Unfortunately, uh, we can't go out to an area and reassess just that area based on um, a declining market. That taxpayer would have to appeal their property value for the assessor to be able to go out and take another look at it. But along those lines, and maybe I'm, I hope I'm along those lines, I know that one of the recommendations also would be to develop a quantitative trigger for reassessment. In yes. other words, mm -hmm. uh, if something has drastically changed. What would be have to be drastically changed for that trigger to occur? I, I don't know. You guys are looking at each other. <laughs> like, oh, no. Are you talking? I, I assume you're referring to the statistical the t well, tool. Well, the task force, because right, like, that was yeah. one of the recommendations. One of the yeah. things that, and we're developing, we're in the process of developing that with the Assessors Association of Pennsylvania. 
Um, some of the factors that could trigger that would be, again, drops uh, in the housing market, zoning changes. Uh, if you're seeing a bunch of appeals, um, what else were we looking well, at? I'm, I'm curious about what percentage of homeowners or property owners appeal their reassessments. In a reassessment or during a regular year where there's no... No, a, a regular reassessment. Um, I, I would venture a guess that you could say 5% in maybe some That's areas. It? Well, it depends on the size of the county. 5% could be a lot. Um, I, I believe our last uh, implemented reassessment, we had about 10% appeals. Huh. And we only had about three go to common police court. If you had 20%. In Toga County, would you say, uh oh, something, yeah. something's wrong? Yeah, here? we'd say, uh oh. <laughs> Officially, it would be, uh oh. <laughs> we, we would take a look at those values and see what happened. Uh, let's go to Dana in Lancaster County. Dana, you're on the air. Hi. I don't, um, I'm not even sure if this is true. I moved to an area called uh, Old School Lane Hills in Lancaster. And when I moved here, I, my question is why are our taxes so high? They said that they weren't, but the city annexed our county or our area, our neighborhood, and that dramatic, drastically increased the taxes in the area. Um, and as a result, the kids are supposed to go to Lancaster City Schools. Um, so I'm just curious, is that normal procedure? Uh, why did that increase the taxes? If that was the case, you're you're talking about specifically about school taxes, right? Correct. All right. All right. Thank you very much for your call. Could be difference. It could be the difference in the millage rate between the school districts. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, we talk about often here in Pennsylvania is you know how many municipalities we have over 2,500, 500 school districts, and a lot of times we talk about working together. We talk about merging. This is one of the reasons that a lot of of those local municipalities or school districts don't want to do that is because they are afraid of what the tax implications will be. I just point that out. You know, I want to bring something else up. You, you all three talked about the cost of uh, the, the reassessment. One of the recommendations by the task force has been splitting the bill between counties, school districts, and municipalities. Talk about that. Well, that wasn't a task force recommendation. That was a recommendation from the Legislative Budget and Finance oh, okay. Committee, um, a possibility. And as you can imagine, that will be met with some resistance from the municipalities and school districts. I think, has there, hasn't there been, Danette, a couple counties that the school district did help? Yeah, but they're not so, required to. I, so that was my next question. Yeah. School districts don't contribute to this at all? They're not required to. It's a county function. It's a county responsibility. But the counties would certainly argue that the school districts benefit the most from a reassessment. You know, and and I, I can't get you really to talk about politics, but Doug Hill, who is uh, the executive director of the County Commissioner Association of Pennsylvania, has been on our program many times talking about how counties are looking for alternatives to generating revenue. And as Senator Eichelberger said, even the, the property tax reform bills that we've you know, are being considered in the legislature, don't even take counties into effect. So we got a long way to go 
with not just reassessment, but property taxes. Uh, you know, I think just the, the, during the course of this conversation, we've learned that we have a long way to go. And, Danette, as you just said, there's going to be some pushback on a lot of these things. So let's go to Les in Harrisburg. Les, you're on the air. Thank you. Uh, since uh, property taxes help school districts, I was wondering how you handle apartment complexes, which represent a very high density of, uh, of school children. Okay, so what, what's your question now? I was wondering how uh, property taxes and reassessment is done on apartment complexes, since they represent... Oh. Okay. Uh, a high density of school students. All right. Thank you very much for your call. Good question because I think most of the time people think about what they own themselves, and that those are usually single-family homes or duplexes or something like that. But what about an apartment complex? The, the apartment owners pay property taxes. Well, well we know that, but uh, how is that assessed? They're assessed uh, as multi-family units. Um, depending on the size and the number of apartments in, in the building. Uh, the number of children that live in the building are not taken into consideration. It's just the assessed value of that part, apartment complex based on uh, rents are taken into consideration, what the rent is of that property that would bring it to a value. Mm -hmm. And your, val your commercial properties are valued differently, usually right. with an income approach. With an income approach. Mm -hmm. it, it's the same as if, if you own a, a huge house and you have 12 kids in your house, we're, we're not taking into account how many kids are in your house. <laughs> well, if we went by an income tax, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. <laughs> we have a couple minutes left, and Phil, I know you want to point out, because I'm sure that uh, there are some people who are curious and have more questions about some of the things we've uh, talked about this morning. You mentioned there's a website where uh, they can go for uh, some of these questions to be answered. Uh, yes, uh, our website is lgc.state. Dot PA dot US. And on our website, we have a Pennsylvania Legislators Municipal Desk Book. There's a link to it on our homepage. If you go into the desk book, it's a series of articles that answer questions that our office typically gets from members of the General Assembly and their constituents. And we have a whole section of the desk book that's devoted to taxation and finance. The first article in there is an overview of the property assessment system in Pennsylvania. And it goes over some things that we talked about today, it gives an example of how properties are assessed so that people can better understand how it's done. We only have about a minute left. I want to thank you very much that uh, you've answered a lot of questions that uh, I've heard over the years and many people have, I'm sure. Um, so what happens next in your minds? What, what happens next with uh, the reform efforts? What needs to be done? About 30 seconds or so. Well, with the task force that we formed in conjunction with the Essential Association of Pennsylvania, the County Commissioners Association of Pennsylvania, and also the, uh, the Department of Community, the Community and Economic Development uh, and Department of Revenue, is to really uh, take the various objectives uh, that we laid out from the report that Senator, Senator Eichelberger was talking about, uh, developing contracting standards, uh, also an operations manual for counties to use, a self-evaluation tool we talked about,
about uh, training for people in the field. They're actually helping with the reassessment, all those sorts of things. And all those are outlined on our website as well. I want to thank you again for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Coming up on uh, tomorrow's program, Driving While Under the Influence of Drugs and best-selling author Elizabeth Wien.